The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Fighter of the night, man. <laughs> Champion of the sun. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, we're back at the podcast. I'm here with the CEO, Jared Truby. Mm, that's Chief Espresso Chief, Officer. Chief Espresso Officer. <laughs> you guys suck. Chief Espresso <laughs> <laughs> How important are you? Let me tell you about my job title. Yeah, see, can yeah. I get a business card? Mm -hmm. Hey, can I? I've been working here for three years, and what I want more than anything is a business card. I want a business card that I can give to people so that people can think I'm important because my life is lame. I don't have anything to do. And man, I just want to feel important. You know what makes you feel important? Business card. Titles and business cards. Titles are the best. Wasting paper wait. on business it's like cards. A business card. Like, do you have a business card? It's like, was it fucking 1985? Like, what? Like, people give me that shit. Take a picture Take of it. Take a me picture of it. Head. Hand it back. They walk away. Then I delete the picture. <laughs> See you later, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> what am I going to do with this piece of paper? What am I going to do with like, all these degrees? I'm like, oh, you're oh. the head of espresso development. Wow. You're somebody. Man, that must be cool. How does that feel? Or your what's that other title that I hear of all the time? Oh, mm. It's something like that. It's 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 just like a like director of innovation or some shit like Dude, that. Dude, I love to create. I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the directing actor. I did. Ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. director of acting, director, acting director. Yeah, I'm the acting director. Could be both here at Cat and Cloud. We should make all. fake. No, we shouldn't make fake business cards. But like, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like We're working our way away from that paper. Want, you know, people want a business card. Like, we you know, metal it's, business it's cards. Like, I hope, they last forever. I hope no one ever feels like they need a business card. I mean, a lot of people like, feel like they need a business card, but I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need you it don't anymore. You don't need a business card. No, you have a phone that works as yeah. an active business card. And plus, it's not really, you know, it's a temporary high. It's like it eating, really is. It's like eating candy. It's like a dopamine hit. You're like, oh, I'm important now. Yeah, I'm validated. And then you just go back and settle into that new normal. You're just a person with a business card. Every so often, it's a power play too, because then the person who like is you know a uh, big time executive, they're all, hey, uh, could you give me your card? And then you're like, you don't have one. They're all, oh, you don't have a card. All, oh, and I'm all, yeah, hey, I don't run in those super sick Amazon circles like you. I love telling <laughs> people biz. that I, I don't have a car. Do you have a business card? Nah. Good. I am who I am. You'll find me. You'll figure it out. I'm worried about it. I have a Google and a Google. <laughs> Just Google it. Yeah. Or if you really care, you know, put put your number in my phone. I noticed you got your cast off. Let's go. I, <laughs> I did get my cast I know. off. I have a boot now. They really, they really tricked me because they were like, "You'll get your boot next week," and I was like, "Sick! I'm going to be walking around in this space boot." 
but that shit didn't happen. I went in and they're... Well, you do have a space boot. I do have the space boot, but they took the cast off. Exposed your mini leg. Exposed my tiny leg. <laughs> put the boot on. They're like, you need to be on crutches still for two more weeks. Your leg it, is too small. Until it fully heals. But I can sleep without the boot on. Which How is, is that? Oh, dude, it's way better. It's yeah, well, so understandable. Much nicer. Like, you, when you roll over, it's not this thick, chunky all, clunker. I slept really good the last couple nights. Did you? And I hadn't slept for like... I haven't slept proper for like three weeks. I haven't slept in weeks. Have I you was, ever... Uh, so out. Did you kick Jenny ever? No, I was like laying on my back with the foot elevated. So, man, oh. which I only had one sleeping position, which sucks. On your back. I didn't... I kicked my own leg a couple times, but now I, I'm supposed to... I wiggle my toe every day. So, I'm supposed to like physically grab this toe, move it back and Joy forth. Joystick it. Because it's super stiff. And right. And I have this toe yoga that I'm supposed to do. Call that a toga. All the time. Take the boot off do it my leg looks disgusting <laughs> super fucking gross it's like the nastiest thing ever but the doctors seem to think that it looks really good and it's healing really well i love your legs and it's not too swollen they're like oh you're doing really good that looks good I'm like oh thanks guys I'm like great and the scar looks kind of weird right now but they're like we use this new kind of stuff it's going to look real nice Oh, they use a new stuff. They're really. What's that mean? I don't know. It's a different kind of stitch. Um, oh, I get it. And they're like, once this like heals up, you will like barely be able to see it. Oh. It'll be really clean. So Yo, be, well, that's all I'm cleanest, looking for is a clean toe. Clean toe. <laughs> Two more weeks, huh? Two more weeks till I can boot around for another week or so. Okay. And it's just. And then it's the calf raises. I'm so annoyed. Straight it's to so, single leg it's so calf annoying. raises. It's the most annoying thing. Is just being at home, like we talked about. I'm just at home all day. I can't drive my car. I'm just like sitting here. The one time a stick shift is lame. It's lame. I'm just like, cool. I even thought about, I can maybe drive it with the boot, but I don't want to. You could drive with the boot, but if it got stuck, (laughs) I can't get your foot out. Like stuck in between the brake and the clutch, like like on the the freeway. I'm just like, everybody's like trying to, you have to get pushed off the side and like wedge your foot out. Not trying to put anybody in danger including but, uh, yourself i don't know yeah after another week i might decide that i need to put someone else in danger because i just can't handle handle it anymore it's like not inspiring to only be at home yeah that's for sure it's super whack it's the worst to just be at home especially for yeah people trying, such as ourselves trying I think. to do all these projects i'm like oh i'm gonna get hyped and like i'm not hyped at all because skateboarding's your hype thing well it's one of your hype just things. see like dude just going into a different neighborhood would get me hyped right, right. now <laughs> Like uh, Uber to the meeting Here, I'll on check it Wednesday. Out. The jewel box. Like, oh, I get to Uber downtown and go to the meeting. Like going downtown is like this treat for this new environment. Like five hours. I'm like, yes. That perspective change. Super rad. Look and then you. I get to Uber back. It's like lame. A couple you people just, picked me up though. A couple yeah. people came to visit. Shout out to Reezy Resells. Dope. Yeah. Reezy came Shout through. Shout out to Ev. Vertigo. Not Vertigo. Not anymore. Calavera, Calavera Coffee represent. He came through. Good guys. That was pretty dope. Sick buds. He was he was hyped, so I was just like, all right. I felt like I was too low energy for everybody, though. I was just like, okay. Your leg's sucking uh, all the energy right out of you. I know. It's the dementor. It's getting smaller. I'm getting fatter and weaker by the second. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... This is like the I don't perfect think that's storm. how fitness works. It's been like two weeks. <laughs> Dude, it's, been muscles, weeks, huh? it's been muscles, four weeks. It's been four weeks for sure. Muscles atrophy after two weeks. No, so your leg is atrophied. So for my sure. leg is like. But your other leg is honking. My other leg is pretty good. Yeah, yeah it looks, dude, looks good. Yeah, sick defined. Looks pretty leg, good. Like at the calf, calf even like yeah. the girl who was putting the boot on, she's like cinching it up at the top, and she was literally like, "Oh, 
pulled it tight. Your calf is really small. <laughs> I was like, thanks, lady. Can you do something to boost my ego? Because that's what I need right now. I don't need you to tell me how small my leg is. Of course, Maybe she could like really squeeze the fat from your ankle up into your calf and then put the boot on so it just sticks up. <laughs> Maybe I could pat it just yeah. to make it look bigger like at the tooth, top. Toothpaste like toothpaste it. A tube of toothpaste like, up oh. the calf. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like sick, like bulge of oh, calf muscle right gross. there. It would be gross, but it would so be bigger. Gross. <laughs> Maybe I'm it's like, the only way, dude. That's fucking. You could like shake it and jiggle it. Just you like slap like, it around and like it's cold bone broth. It's pretty loose. It's like <laughs> it is. It's like it's like a gelatin. It's like a gelatin <laughs> consistency. It's all. It's like, God. That's who we are now. I think dude. it's turning into fat. Well, probably it's like, it's like not muscle. It's, it's just eating fat. itself. That's what Arnold said. If it jiggles, it's fat. That's what Arnold said. Yeah. What do you think he'd say now? What did he say now? I. Or is this a recent quote? This is like that's current an old Arnold. One. That's like you know, because because people are like, oh, I can't tell if I'm. I think I'm like kind of strong, or like I'm pretty toned or whatever. And he's like, eh, if it jiggles, it's fat. You know if you're fat or not. Like you know <laughs> oh, if you're. Geez. You know if you're overweight. That was the Arnold thing. That was like bodybuilder Arnold. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, pumping. But dude, it's even. Did I tell you that I listened? Do we talk about the Arnold? inspirational speech that i listened to no schwarzenegger's inspirational i mean i'm not surprised yeah it's from like this year last year it's from the last couple of years and i i don't know why but i turned it on it was just like because arnold it popped up and i love arnold and he just starts talking just about I, dude i'll put a link to it if anybody wants to watch it people probably can't handle that shit though he's <laughs> he's like go he just talks about his whole thing just like terminating yeah being like the him as an immigrant him right him is it's a, well that's that's actually really interesting and rad because he made it work and he like chases dreams i know that and it's majorly gnarly he worked super hard maybe i talked about it on the podcast when alex was on here i think i talked about it a you little did bit. Briefly. yeah um but i don't know it got me it got me super pumped and what was he who was he speaking to he he was speaking to a big crowd it was this big huge I don't know, some hyper-exclusive like entrepreneur gathering. The guy puts it on, films the whole thing. He's on a, whatever. a, a it's like yacht some, somewhere. Some like Powerballer conference. Sure. And I think it's in Germany somewhere. Oh, okay. So he does the intro in German, then okay. switches to English for the bulk of it. Right. So they can record it. And it's a lot of the most classic, a lot of the most classic shit that you've ever heard. Like, you can do it, but... Right. He just, I don't know. It's interesting to hear someone's take because you can see like his whole, you can see his whole journey about people are like, dude, you're never going to be a bodybuilder. They, well, one, you're in Austria. There's no bodybuilders here. That's not like a career path that you can take. Like my parents don't want me to do it. They want me to, what do they say? Like work on a farm and marry some girl named Hilda or something. Hilda? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for sure that would have made them happy and he's like no i'm going i'm going to the u.s i'm gonna i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna go like, and he went he came to be an actor or did he come no, to be a bodybuilder he came to be a bodybuilder right he wanted to be a bodybuilder that's what he was inspired by so you know he started working out and then even just the like figuring out how to get here was a whole thing and when he got here he's you know he just doesn't have shit so he just goes to the gym shows up build his little community Right, you know, he talks about people dropping off chairs, tables, pots, and pans at his house because he was training at the gym and like he didn't have, he didn't have anything. That's super. Yeah, people were helpful. That's pretty. People awesome. were helpful. Like and humanity like, saved the day. Yeah, finding like the little community. So he's got his little niche community, and then just like he just talks about 
he talks about his his mindset of people are asking him like how do you train so hard or when you watch the old like pumping iron he's just like hyped in the gym he was every day just like stoked and you know he's like joking around like talking with people and also just crushing it so hard and he's like i he's all if you want to do something big like the first rule of success he's like you have to have a vision if you don't have a vision you're just gonna wander around and around and around you'll get somewhere maybe but it probably won't be where you want to go right just end up wherever the path takes you because there's all these things that are pulling for your attention pulling pulling you you know whether it's like pop culture or social norms or just like oh i need to do work and do this this that and the other my parents want me to do that he's like fuck that you got to have a vision so i had a vision i wanted to be mr olympia that's like my vision super clear vision of what i wanted to do right so everything that i needed to do is to support that vision so sure like i'm dying underneath the barbell but like i can't wait i can't wait to do the next like 300 squat reps i can't wait to do the next bench press i can't wait to do this thing because everything that i do even though it's super painful it's building towards that ultimate vision and like every day like waking up with that sense of clarity in mind where this is what i'm here for this is what i'm gonna do right which is it's amazing because he's I, very focused he's super focused right and and maybe his home life was maybe like the small leg <laughs> This is really was a small leg. Well, he didn't have a small. I mean, he tells he was, and I think this speaks. Nobody wants to hear this shit, but this is the attitude that a lot of people who are going to be the fucking best have. He doesn't talk about this in this speech, but he talks about it in Pumping Iron, to where he was training for I can't remember which Mister Olympia, but he was coming up on the contest is in like a month or two. And his dad died mm. in Austria, where they're from. And his mom's like, your dad died. We're going to have the funeral. You got to come home. And he's like, nope, I can't. I'm training for this thing. This is what I was put on this earth to do. This right. is my main focus. Dad's already dead. He's not coming back to life. Like, I'm like making. He's all, see you after I lift some, like, yeah, do the like thing I'm, I'm after Miss pe- Olympia. I'm make peace with it in my head. Like, there's nothing I can do. Right. Like, this is my dream. I'm going for it cray and like a lot of people will see that as cold right maybe it is in some way but if you're trying to be the best in the world yeah everything else goes backseat and you're not willing to do that one thing that's fine just know that someone else is right and they are going to kick your ass (laughs) and we talk about this at work in terms of people developing themselves doing what they need to do to grow as much as they can. Sure. And that almost kind of conundrum to where it's like, you know, you pay people to work, they contribute to the organization. And as bosses or managers, we can't in good conscience ask people to do things outside the work wire. Sure. Like we can't ask for people, Hey, like maybe you spend like a certain amount of your home time working on this or a certain amount of your, your free time doing that. But there are going to be some people who want to do that anyway. They're going to do that. And those people are nine times out of ten going to leapfrog the people who don't want to. Yeah, they're going to be top of the line. So while it's not an expectation on our end, we can't ignore 
the hunger, the dedication, and like they want to master well, the craft just for themselves. Right, they'll just be better. They're just going to be better. Where then, when the time time comes to pick the best person, they're going to be the best person. Yeah, because they've and you might used to be the best person and prepared. Yeah, and but you didn't want to do the thing as much as they did, and right. they got better than you. And that's how someone who has been there, you know, for less amount of time, could potentially leapfrog someone who's been there forever, who's still doing an amazing job. You know, yeah. it's not like the other person. Like you can be effective in an organization yeah. if you show up for work, clock in, clock out, and while you're there, you you live the mission, vision, values of the organization. You contribute to the organization. You're an uplifting like right. spirit. You're for still everyone super there. valuable. You're valuable. Right. It's, it's great and even appreciated. Appreciate for sure. Yeah. But when it comes time to like get that business card, right? <laughs> you know, get that job title, get that next thing, get that next level up. Like the, the level up is going to go to the person who's been doing the most work overall. Right. And they'll, it, it's really frustrating. Not it's frustrating. I think what people end up doing oftentimes in business is they rightfully start to like people because that's what happens. Right. And you want the best for somebody. And then you see their talents, which I, that's one of my favorite things we've talked about on many podcasts, right? You see the opportunity for somebody to be what they could be. But if they don't, if they're not as interested at the time when you need it, somebody else is as interested, well, hopefully. (laughs) And then they oftentimes or sometimes leapfrog the person that you had in mind for the job originally. But in all fairness, that's how the world works. And if we were to put the person who's not quite ready or not quite interested into the place where you know they could be somebody, they end up failing and everybody else gets bummed and it sets you, it sets your whole organization back actually a little bit. Yeah. So we've actually kind of learned that over, especially mostly in the first year, we learned a lot of that. And even though we made a few small mistakes since, since then, we've learned pretty, pretty clearly not to do that. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because it's something that we still have to actively remind ourselves for sure. Because we're, I feel like we're in the future in that, we're thinking about the future. Well, I think we're literally in the future in the sense that we can see the potential in people that sometimes they can't see in themselves yet. And we can realize, oh, if you did this, that, and the other, you could be primed for greatness in this one area. And it's it's kind of disappointing in a way when people don't rise to that challenge because, you know, maybe they're not in that zone. Maybe they don't want to. And we have to constantly remind ourselves to like emotionally disconnect from we can't put someone where they don't want to be right you know, or where they just don't feel they just don't feel ready or they're, they're just not into it so it's kind of hard because right with being as part of it's probably like the time we've spent and seeing being able to connect those dots quickly right so you see these opportunities when you see a strength in somebody and you're like, oh, this person could be like an amazing trainer, educator. They could really bring forward a lot of people. And in their mind, they're like, I'm really just having a great time. And I got all these other things going on in my life. And that's just, I'm happy with where I'm at. Or even if they're not happy with where they're at, they're not quite sure where they want to go. So they can't like actively step into that place. And it's, it's weird for somebody like probably us who can see like, oh, well, you just do all these things and then you're there. And it's like the difference between making a decision for somebody and letting them find their place in their own time and man you got to also be careful some people will say yes too quickly and then they get into something that they don't actually like it's, it's a weird world to live in being a oh, i'm getting kissed by the doggy maybe one of the reasons i'm getting kissed by your so doggy. hard for me to swallow is back in the day i would have killed to have some of those opportunities oh my gosh to have someone re- recognize a potential and be like 
hey, I think you could really be this, that, and other. Here's like a few things that you could take to the bank. And I'd be like, oh, shit, I could do that. Let's, right. let's go. Let's yeah. go right now. How I'm, hard I'm can I go? Like, what can I do? Same. Tell me what to do. I'm, I'm going to work on it on my Especially own. Especially the tell me what for to you. do. And just how can I be that person? So, Well, that and what we also do as an organization, and that's that's not just Chris and I. That's like our whole leadership team. You know, sh- Shouts out to the dogs out there and the, the Graces and Alex's and Kristen's and Tanner's. But what we do is we help. We paint these pictures. We don't do it for them, but we say, hey, like, here's where you're at and you're doing a great job here. But when you're not addressing these portions of our value system in the people in your cafe, here's what it looks like. Here's tools to like self-assess and see where you're going. Come back at me. And it's like that part's really special. I, I would have killed for somebody to show me opportunity and a big picture place of where you could kind of you're not you're not pigeonholed and doing one thing, but you can you're educated in seeing how the whole thing works holistically and then you're kind of shown where you could fit in to be your best self and not only that like a number of places and for me i'm like oh my gosh that is that should not be taken lightly because it does not happen and we're really fortunate i'm really fortunate that we have people that we can even go into an owner meeting and talk through stuff and see different perspectives and have all of those things come together to make the best version of this company where you know like we see a lot but we don't see everything and that's we're lucky to have that. Yeah, it's fucking sick. But dude. it's such a bummer when when people are just like, "Yeah, dude, that's super cool." <laughs> <laughs> and and it is super cool, but that's that's like, you know, like that's the best thing that they have to say about it. They don't take it and think about it deeper per se. Yeah. Or and you don't see it regurgitated in such a way where you feel like it's deeper. And then that's fine. You're like, "Cool, you're you're here, you're doing good work. You're you're going to be rad. You bring people around you. Like you you make people happy, you know?" You, you do. Know? in general and that's cool but you can't force the issue on them like you don't want this next level of opportunity and you have to be fine with that that's the worst all right yep cool i get it you're here that's good that's great and then you have to just like be frustrated with it for a second and then move on well there's two parts to that too because i mean for say it's you and i right and we see that and it's like okay well if this if this next level thing could happen and this person for sure could do it really amazing then all these things can happen for other people. And for us as owners, when that doesn't line up, it's absolutely fine for one. This is a kind of a call out. Like it's okay to just wait. It also kind of sucks sometimes to have to wait for the next person to be ready. Cause then you have to essentially like set a goal aside. Say you got like a fifth place to go and you got a whole concept and you're getting crazy and it's like, Oh yeah, this is going to work. We got like a, whatever we've done the we've done the market research we got the space we got this thing and then you don't have the person to do it and you're like well we can't do it because we're gonna have to wait but it's still gonna work one day one day and that patience becomes hard to live in sometimes for us yeah i'm not very patient even though it's it's the right thing to do and it's a good learning experience i think for both of us and charles and our whole ownership group to have to wait and maybe it's not the right time and then can you guys hear the squeak in the podcast they probably now they can What's that? What's that uh, like that rap song out. where it starts with the squeak like that? It goes. Ee, 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 ee. It's like a oh man, I don't remember it. I don't know, dude. You listen to the new Jeezy though? No, I have not. It's pretty hot. Is it? I'm sure it is. Yeah, I mean, it's there's new Jeezy. There's like, uh, five new Missy Elliott tracks and a classic Tool Jeezy. album. Tool. <laughs> I listened to the first three songs. Every song ten minutes and over so far. Jeez. I don't know. I was never into Tool. 
I was. I never really got but down. But later, I was like not at the beginning. I remember thinking those videos were really interesting that they used to do. They're weird. They're super All in, they're weird. a weird group. But yeah, they're interesting. I think that's why I keep going back. I'm like, what is your deal? Yeah, I don't get it. It never really hit with me. I'm like, all right. Bring it to them, Papa Dude. It's just, <laughs> just like, okay, dude. And then it didn't help that the people in high school that listened to Tool, I was like, wow, y'all are on a different level. Yeah, if you get to college and the people who listen to Tool, it gets a little more broad. Yeah. <laughs> like the style of person like different. <laughs> in high school, there the was definitely like a whatever. style. I don't know who, who specifically. I think like a lot of people listen to Tool, but uh, I mean... They're crazy. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. You watch the Chappelle special? Not the new one. Ooh. I heard it's intense. I it hear he just goes real talk, hard he, talk all yeah, the time. Yeah, he goes super He goes super bananas on it. Dude, your dog is like the it's, most chill it's ever been. What's he went, happening? He went to daycare yesterday. So he, is this day after daycare dog? Day after daycare. He played with a lot of other dogs. So That's a DOD dog. He's got a good, uh, good energy output. DODC he's, dog. He's just having like a little chill morning. He is. He just like wants to sit on my lap and give me like weird kisses. Yeah. That's, uh, that's post-daycare Gino. That's how he rolls? That's how he rolls Dude, after daycare. he needs daycare. daycare every day. Yeah. It's, it's been hard to it's been real hard, get dude. him. Wednesday's been his daycare day for the week. Maybe you're growing up a little too fast. Because that's the day that... I have to go downtown for the meetings, my one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. So Jenny takes him to daycare in the morning. Then I borrow the car, go downtown or Uber. You're sure to take him out. It's me touching the mic to my lips and him touching his nose between the mic and my Licking lips. <laughs> dub- <laughs> and if I open my mouth too wide, he licks the mouth. Double so I have to keep lick. it tight and right here. Double. He really wants to be close. Face lick. You want to be close. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Chappelle's special is, is it hard? intense. It's good. Is it too hard for the fucking radio? It's too hard for most people, probably. But I think it's uh, I think it's a step in a different direction. Is he is he leaning into the whole like um, everybody's like too intensely sensitive thing? Is yeah. he going hard on that? Yeah, I think it's uh, there are these like tiny indications that the pendulum might be swinging like too far in one direction and. Instead of comedians who, you know, comedians are typically the people who will talk about things that are quote unquote off limits. Yeah. No one else. They're allowed. No one else can speak on. They have a a little bit of a pass and comedy seems to have been a little choked out recently because everyone's scared of, you know, common factor in getting canceled, like getting attacked, getting, getting dropped or, or whatnot. But he just kind of bit into it but i think he can you know i mean there's nothing you can do with him like i mean he's established he's, he's done. made yeah he's known as one of the greatest comedians of all time yeah like what are you gonna do like he's gonna do something stupid and then everyone's gonna hate him right fine yeah he's good at that i think not a big deal he'll just go off the radar again for years and everybody will be happy when he comes back yeah and it, i mean his material is like really good it's it's super well thought out that's the thing is he's definitely put I think I heard him say in a quote or somebody quoted him, but he, they were like, it's better to be interesting and have something to say than to be funny is what he kind of his, his purpose. And then he tries to be funny in the context of that. But it was, it was a cool, I think I was listening. It was probably on the tiger belly podcast. Oh yeah. Cause that's all over the place. But someone I think quoted him is that they talk and that's just, or maybe it was actually, it might've been Alter share where somebody did it, but there's so many comics on all those shows talking about, 
what they're allowed to say and not allowed to say anymore. And yeah. They're afraid to talk about things. So he's like, fuck it. No, I'm sure he did. And then the ultimate fuck it dude is that dude, Andrew Schultz. Right. Who's just like hyper fuck it. Like, and he does the secret one, not the secret, but like the no phone ones yeah. where he goes extra hard. Yeah. He, <clears throat> where nobody can record it. So then he doesn't get in trouble. And he, so he can't get like, although now I'm thinking like, what could he possibly say? So he dropped a crowd work special. Was like, that on Netflix? Off the dome. No. So his shit, I, it's I, only this is why dude. I love him. He's, he's all in on YouTube. He doesn't have any Netflix stuff, nothing like that. And he's kind of like the power to the people, like the anti guy. He's like the ultimate choose yourself comedian. Got it. To where he's like, his stuff's, you know, he's he's creating things that he wants to create, putting them in the world with no middleman associated. He's like, why do I need to wait for Netflix to like, but he's like, I'm not going to get a special on Netflix. How many co- comedy specials are on Netflix? It's like right. one of a handful, unless you're someone like Chappelle. Yeah. You're, you're not, not getting a special. So fuck it. So he's like ultimate marketing guy. Like he does everything direct to YouTube. He's got his podcast with Charlemagne, the God, like brilliant idiots. Oh, like, that's him. So he's got putting it. out like a bunch of content. And then, he dropped a special on the same day as Chappelle's special. Got it. Strictly because he's dude. His self talk is amazing. Like he is super confident, and I love it. He's like, I want to be the greatest, and I know one of the things about being the greatest or is being considered in that circle. You need to be in the conversation where other people are going to be in. So dropping the special on the same day that Chappelle dropped the special is literally to generate the conversation of getting these two people, Andrew Schultz and Dave Chappelle, in the same conversation. Got like, it. All of a sudden, people are bringing up your two names together, i.e. it's happening right now. Right. Right? <clears throat> and enough people start to do that, like you start to be seen as part of the same circle. So right. it's kind of a brilliant marketing move. Obviously... I'm gangster, guilty by association. You got, yeah. <laughs> you got to have the chops, right? Like, yeah. You have to be funny. Yeah. You can't not be funny. You can't be lame but anyway his shit is like off the rails like i like his special is bananas like really the shit that he says you will get killed like like saying that stuff it's not allowed like you're not allowed to say that stuff but i think the most like amazing thing about it and i don't understand how he's quite done it but he's somehow done it he draws an audience of every like you know race color like super diverse audience and he goes hard at them all and everyone's in the same room and they're all laughing and having a great time everyone's going at each other no one gets upset about it and first i don't know how he can enter into all these different like racial genres he's a white dude not totally you know does he have red hair no he's not even in the white minority he's just like a white <laughs> he's like a white guy from yeah. like new york somewhere i think he's from brooklyn okay just a dude just a dude and he just says the craziest shit. I'm like, how do you get away with that? And his audience loves it. I mean, there's an audience for everything, I guess. That's I mean, and it's it's probably like refreshing when you when everybody tiptoes around in his eggshell and everything to be able to just like go and just be like, take a deep breath and just be like, oh, everybody's fucked up. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I like it, but he's way harder than Chappelle, I think. Is he the guy? No, I don't think he's the guy. Somebody I sent you some of his stuff. Oh no, you sent me some of the stuff. I'm actually thinking of a, another comedic quote where it's like, 
they're trying to flip the idea of racism to positivity, which is like, you have to have a lot of different kinds of races to have racism. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. No, it, that's somebody else, but he's also a comedian. I can't remember his name. I remember that, that was comedian. on Alch- Alch- was that Alch- Yeah. And yeah. I, and I can't I'm remember like, who he was interviewing, but yeah. And he was like, you know, you don't go to, he, you, well, no. you might, but you, there's not as much racism in a place where everybody's the same race. He's like, yeah. In China, there's not a bunch of racism because everybody's yeah. like the same. Like, yeah. Or something like that is what he went for. Yeah. And, I think, I think the point he was trying to make is, yeah, you're right. Looking at it from the positive point of view, but like why a country like the United States has so much potential and could be so potentially beautiful that like all these things are a result of us being a huge melting pot. Right. And having so many so many different cultures represented in one I know. in one place. I'd say food is like the one of the best examples of all those mixed cultures. It's the coolest thing ever. For yeah. people who love food, you know, to be I don't ever want to have to try the same food. I love trying different food and cuisines, especially like I mean the diversity in all in all aspects is red. I remember this dude, he's super dope. His name's Gary. He used to um Old Gare. Gare. He used to run Espresso Warehouse UK. And when we went to Milan for the host show with Eileen, he was there and we were talking about coffee culture specifically. And then we started talking about food and all this other things. And then he started talking about the U S and he's like, he's like, you know, you guys in the U S like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't have any culture. You don't have any traditions and this, that, and the other. And I was like, that's why we're so awesome because we're not doing shit that someone told us what to do. 500 years ago and just accepting that is like this is how we roll in our culture like we have unlimited potential because we can dive into new things there's not as much that's established in concrete and stone we've got all these different weird motherfuckers over there doing weird ass shit right so sure we don't have a culture in that sense but we have the ability to create the culture that we want we do a lot of stuff so we it's, right. it's freedom in you know a way. and freedom isn't free as we yeah, all it know it turns out it's a hefty see <laughs> right now you pay with your life. It actually costs a buck oh nine. It's freedom. It costs a one dollar. One dollar today. I'm freedom. so surprised at your puppy. Freedom has tax on it. I feel like you wanted to go to sleep. He had his eyes closed and everything for a minute there. I'm being, I'm being taken over. Jared's like distra- dog distracted. I am right dog now. distracted. I'm like I don't know what to do with you. You should you should probably jump down for a second. Is what's gonna happen? Watch this. I'm gonna stand up. Gonna get rid of the dog. I don't want to, Come but here, buddy. I oh. You can just set him oh. on the ground. He'll be all right. Oh, here you go, buddy. He's going to want to come right back up. Be all right. He'd be He's good. All, oh, I loved being with you. Yeah, what else is in the mix? Oh, gosh. Com- comedy's back. American culture's back. Comedy's back. American, my rib is basically back. Rib's back. Your fit leg's going to be back. And then... Uh, leg's fucked. <laughs> and then what's happening next? And What's coming up? What is coming up? I feel like... I thought that the second half of the year was going to be a little less busy than the first half, but it's just like... I don't think busier. that ever happens. Yeah, but like for travel, like the last few years, travel has been heavier in the first half and then lighter in the second. I think it's been like equal to more in the second Where half. Where are you of the going? Year. Well, the most, I'm doing like a quick fun trip to New York with Mabu. New Never York. been. Dude. Be there for, do the red eye, which will be intimidating, but hopefully I get some good sleep and then, which I won't, but it'll be fine. Red eye to, and I'll be there for what? Basically two dinners, three lunches, three breakfasts. Dang, it's that's crazy the plan. fast. It's chill, and I mean that's all we can get away with the kids. And then we're taking we got Ben Humming coming to town, so I'm gonna do the a culture talk at Daydream, Dayglow. Uh oh, I always do that. Daydream, Daydream, Daydream was right. <laughs> I get them mixed up, but yeah, I'm gonna be down there. Uh, so pre shout out, that's in Long Beach. I'll be doing a little chatty chat 
I think it's a Wednesday, first Wednesday in October. There you go. And then Ben Hameen from Wait, how Honduras. do people sign up or do they need to? I don't know uh, yet. Jason, to... Jason from Day Dream. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> there he is. There's the doggy. There's is the going to. Uh, He's going to put out a poster in the whole thing. I think it might be like a show up. It's not even a sign up. Just like come in. Yeah, it's like open season. Uh, but they, they've done one other talk and John from Onyx did it. And I think it was on sustainable coffee, green coffee buying or something of the sort. They put it online. I need to go back and look at it. But has anybody figured that shit out yet? <laughs> I think sustainable they continue green to, coffee buying? They continue to sustainably buy it better all the time, I think is the idea. Like, what does that even mean? Not, I'm not bagging on him. I'm no, just wondering, like, what is... Uh, it seems like an ongoing topic everybody. that everybody talks about. Right. I think it's different for everybody because I saw Meister reading a book from Peru about it, uh, maybe written by a Peruvian person, and there was a bunch of notes yet. The thing is, I think that word means something different to everybody depending on what they're trying to do. Well, okay. What did it mean to Meister? Or no, that, I didn't get there. She's, she book. just put she put the book up and had um, like they, a bunch of marks in it she's all there's a she's like a whole a whole thing because <laughs> in my mind well geez don't know that's here, a whole other thing don't do it i don't know like i kind of want to go in on it everybody wins that's sustainability <laughs> i mean sus- yeah okay so that's like the easy answer i think sustainability for people in consuming countries like the u.s when they talk about sustainability they mean sustainability Paying good price for coffee, as long as it's financially viable for us and doesn't mess things up too much. Yeah, which isn't really sustainability. Which isn't necessarily true sustainability. Um, you, I think... But, I mean, we've used recycling as sustainability and then found out that, you know, all we're really doing is sending our plastic somewhere to be burned by another country and they're stopping... They're not doing that as much anymore, so we're going to have to go compostable, which we should have done from the beginning... Okay. So, you know, there's like, you know, America is like, oh, yeah, we're sustainable. We recycle. And it's like, but you don't. You just send it somewhere else. This is maybe where we need to go with coffee and sustainable green buying. Just fucking stop using the word sustainable because it doesn't mean anything. You're saying it means something different to everybody else. It's true. It's a buzzword that people throw around that has absolutely zero specificity to it. Right. When I say, dude, we buy, we're buying sustainable. That could mean like, you know, how some people post the price of the coffee, like the yeah, price that they pay for, for the us. coffee. They're like, sea markets at a dollar five, and we paid three dollars. Like, yeah, yeah. So does everybody else. That doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, that doesn't mean shit. Where does that three dollars go? Right. That's does where it, it go is. to the farmer? No. 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 All that three dollars didn't go to the farmer. Like, once you pay, whoever you pay, which. Nine times out of ten, you're paying an importer or an exporter. Unless you have like a really solid relationship with them, you don't really know where that money's going. No. Two, well, let's say the money gets to a farmer. There's different kinds of farmers out there. So let's take a Damien. He's he's doing all the work himself, right? He's right. Got him like, and his family. He's got literally. him and his family. Mm-hmm. They do everything. But if you if you're talking about a bigger farmer, i.e. Let's say Luis Pedro Zelaya. He's got a big, like a lot of land in Guatemala. Hires a lot of workers. Yeah. I believe he's a good person. I believe he does right by his people, but I don't know. And there's a bunch of people like him. And it's like, let's say we give the money to Luis Pedro at Bea Vista, the mill, to buy coffee that's been processed by the mill from any number of farms around there who employ all these workers. Like Once we give him the money, we can have a pretty good guess that he gives the right amount to the farmer. We have no idea 
how that's split up amongst the what workers that are is and their the people farm. are. Yeah, no. no fucking clue. So just saying we pay this much for coffee doesn't mean shit. It's right. It's almost like we're doing the same thing that other people do with fair trade. We talk shit about fair trade in specialty because we're like, yeah, fair trade is like the best first step in the right direction. It sets a market floor where farmers are guaranteed a minimum amount of money if the C market goes below whatever, right? right? So you can be somewhat above cost of production. We're like, yeah, that that's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. And that totally. means just about as much as saying we pay two times or three times or four times or whatever the C market because yeah. we still have no idea where the fuck that money's going. Yeah, it's like... In, in like... 90% of cases. Yeah. And so I think we need to attack it with more specificity and talk about what that means. Like not just saying we pay this much or we buy sustainably or we are direct trade, but breaking that down and being like, here are things that we do. Here is the actual transparency in the supply chain. Right. This is what's actually happening and kind of prove it because the fair trade people are getting on us and being like yeah you say you're paying that but right. the cool thing about fair trade in their mind is there's someone who's like authenticating this whole situation sure. the whole thing's incredibly transparent you can right. see where the money goes mm-hmm. and we're just sitting here with fucking what seems like saying shit to sell more coffee and make people feel good about their purchase right. like yeah i buy from them because they're like they do more they give more in the same way that if you took that to the the home front, you took it to the business or organizational level, how does it sound if Cat and Cloud says, we, we employ sustainable business practices for our employees? That's all we say. People are like, what does that fucking mean? Right. What do you mean? Like, oh, we have a good business. We, we do right. We sure do. We do right. But... So we say those things and then we talk about the ways that we try to do right. Sure. You know, starting from the jump with the four weeks paid vacation, which right. people told us that we couldn't do, was going to cost us too much money and nobody does that right away. So right. we're like, fuck you. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Doing things like taking people to origin when usually you have to work somewhere for years to take people to origin. Like we're taking people to origin within their first year of working, especially in the first couple years of business. Yeah, right. We sent like, so was 70% of our staff on these trips to yeah, experience coffee. Like, it was weird to go through the list because we're going to send four not, more in yeah. the near future. And I'm like, we're down to like, there's like five total who haven't gone that have been here for over a year. But that's a benefit yeah. to the people that a lot of people don't get. You know, we both worked in coffee for years before we <laughs> yeah, went to Origin. Totally. Years. And even then, it was like it was like pulling teeth. That was a big deal, yeah. You know, um, profit sharing. Yeah. Splitting up the profits. We've got the employee ownership now. Yeah, shared equity. Like, so there's all these things that we can point to with some specificity. Like, here are things that we're doing right. that we believe adds up to being a sustainable business sure that's missing in the supply chain yeah there's there's places attempting it and they're going but we have a long way to go as a whole we have a long way to go i even this is gonna fuck it people are gonna hate me for this shit i think people are putting their eggs in the wrong basket i think people are trying to sell coffee based on this like idea of some sort of bullshit like white guilt like i'm gonna mm. i'm the fucking savior of everybody by letting people know that we do sustainable things and pay more for coffee and i think that only goes so far because we're not we can't even take care of our own people yet i was gonna say we're barely there we're which is barely a whole other thing. taking care of people on the home front and i get that it's an ecosystem and everything plays together 
but it's kind of weird when you I see businesses that are talking about their sourcing and sustainability right. in really vague terms and never mention anything about the people that work for them. And I'm like, dude, there's people in our country that are like obviously they don't have as hard of a life just because like sure. if you're in a first well, world country one percenters like, already like you're doing right but it's like right. take care of people at home first so you can build the business build like the organization strong enough to at some point be able to take care of people on the other end of the supply chain because the reality is this shit is not going to solve itself unless one of two things happen like the People who are buying coffee are going to need to pump out more money than they have been in the past. Our business is set up right. on a structure that's got like a very specific way margins work, right? That's Cafes so have true. a very specific margin. Selling coffee, they're, they're, right now we're at kind of a limit of, there's there's an expected amount of what you can sell coffee for. But what you're you basically, if you're for. going over six bucks, people are hating forever. And well, like on the consumer end, no one wants to pay that much that's for what coffee I'm on a regular basis. Right. right. So if so you're, you're buying kind of $6 green, like, you know, people aren't buying $40 bags of coffee on yeah. a regular basis. No. So someone needs to absorb that difference. Us in the consuming countries are more leveraged to absorb that than they are. Like, yeah. you know, $2 a pound means more to someone in a producing country than it means for us. Right. But a lot of us don't have incredibly, like, incredibly like dialed in businesses that mm -hmm. allow for that amount of cash flexibility well i mean it's interesting to see when the c market was at the lowest it's ever been that you're at the exact same time seeing caribou and dunkin donuts having their best years ever and yeah, that's cost, like a perfect example of cost of goods is low yeah exactly <laughs> that's an interesting example of like well that means also a few things like quality of coffee bought and then where's all that money going it's probably if they're getting their highest profits it's going to shareholders and people who it's just weird you just start just getting into this dynamic of like yeah they're taking care of people but they're not maybe taking care of the people working there they're taking the people who gave them money to grow and that's just a whole weird world that i don't know about and it makes me just feel you're right it's icky because you don't know where anything's going you don't know where it's going and, and the, it's hard and the other thing that is this is going to be the even bigger hurdle Let's let's say we build an amazing organization. Let's say Cat and Cloud. Fast forward five years, and we're at a place to where you know every time we open a new store, we incur a certain amount of debt. Sure. But right now, that debt's in the form of SBA loans. Mm -hmm. um, those things rack up. Sure. You got to pay those off. You build that into the, the structure of everything. Like let's say at some point, we get to where we're we're flush. We're essentially a debt free company and we can operate on cash. Okay. Which is like a pretty dope dream. And sure. I, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. I think it's real. That allows us to have a lot of flexibility, right? So maybe we can pad the system a little bit in the way of we're gonna go the extra mile to ensure that the coffees that we buy, like a certain amount of cash that's more than what we're paying now, more than what anybody's paying now, goes directly to the people who need it the most. Uh, right. Um, invest in that whatever that looks like. I don't even know I don't even know what that looks like. That's like a crazy wild dream. I, I think I think the second thing that's that's really kind of up in the air, you know, we could do that. We could maybe do that. Not a lot of organizations are going to be able to do that, but I think that's all based on their lack of ability to do business. I think though, some people right? can do that. Right. Like most people probably aren't. The other thing is like coffee is probably just too cheap in general. 
I mean, there's a there's a combination of the, the two, right? You know, I mean, we're not going to get where we need to be selling $3 cups of coffee. It's just at the same cost of goods, you know, at the same margin. Well, it's yeah, like a completely no. different business model, which that's even a bigger hurdle because if you pay three bucks for a, a cup of brewed coffee right now, whatever, right. you know, it's nice, fancy coffee. You're good. If all of a sudden, you know, erasing inflation, that just jumps to like, five dollars people are gonna be like five bucks you guys are fucking insane like that doesn't really make sense but that might be what it'll take to actually support this weird ecosystem that we're in in the way that people are talking about like they're doing now i mean the idea no matter how much you pay for coffee the whole thing's based around even well-paid farmers i can get this shit dirt cheap and sell it for way more fucking Well, money. yeah, then you got capitalism. I was going to say you have to kind of run it as an idealist. And then essentially the only the kicker is that it's going to be the kicker. It's going to be hard for you to grow your business. But if there's a way to grow your business, if somebody in the bank system understood that you are essentially going to run it in a way where it's like a, for lack of a better term, almost a nonprofit in that every single amount of money goes to like paying your people and paying more for all these things. And you're going to basically make no money, but like that to me is sustainable, right? Every dollar right. goes back into the every portion of pro- protecting the people in that supply chain on a real level and not just like increasing a ton of salaries. And that almost is the only way, but it's idealist in that then you can't grow because there's no money to grow or a bank has to, you know, you have to have like such a small margin of profit and pay off loans over a long, long period of time. And that's the only way, but you have to start. Like a business like ours in theory, right? We have 10 stores and we're killing it. It's five years down the line. Then we turn into, for lack of a better term, not-for-profit. Not like we're not going to grow any more stores. We're going to take every bit of money internally with the exception of some small growth opportunities for team members, which again, you have to take care of your people locally. And then it goes back into farmers and farming. And then you're kind of absorbing that middleman cost, right? You're not raising your cost for the consumer as much, but you're paying more to the farmers and everybody else in the supply chain. It's you're, just not a symbol. That's like one of the ways that I can see it yeah, working. You're basically padding the system. But on it's idealist, end. right? Yeah, it's like, totally. that means no capitalist can come in and undercut you, which they will. <laughs> and they can still, which is, I guess, why you're hearing people talk about farmers, coffee farmers quitting. And I mean, would heading. you want to be a coffee farmer? I don't know. It sounds terrible. I mean, not unless you get. No, like, fuck, you, you don't know. Come on, yeah. you would not want to do that shit. I mean, not unless you really love it. Some of them love it. And then some they like they get in with somebody like Ben Hameen who actually seems to take care of them and then they like do it. But generally, no, probably generally, not. Generally, no. I mean, who would want to be uh, fuck a coffee farmer? What about a regular farmer? You know? It's not seems the, to go well in America. It's not the <laughs> dopest thing. You know, yeah. if you like maybe you have that like rich wealthy landowner who's got all kinds of shit and you're like yeah this is dope or whatever right but i mean there's let's say you drive people. out through watsonville and you see everybody picking strawberries in the field like right. do you want to do that a lot of people don't a lot of people don't right and if you're in if you're in a country that's economy is like steadily increasing and, and you know the world's getting a little bit smaller and you see more opportunity so you know let's say your your family's had a three generation farm in Antigua and now you're kind of getting the taste where like, man, we're, we're doing okay enough to where maybe I can go to school in the U S maybe I can travel right. somewhere else. Maybe I can go to your posh maybe, life. Maybe I can do something a little bit different. I don't have to be like managing this thing in the field, picking these fucking cherries for rich people to have. Like I'm dirty. 
I make okay money and they're like caked out because of the shit that I do. Like, right. why would you want to do that? <laughs> Probably you wouldn't unless you just really like it. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be the kind of person who likes essentially like construction maybe in a way, right? You like to be outside and you like to build stuff. Which there's people yeah, like there's that. There's people like that for sure. I'm not, but you're not saying, right. A I'm lot of people. Nobody wants to be a farmer. No, but, but a lot I'm of saying, people won't unless they because they have to do it. They do it not because they want to. And that seems to be the case when you talk to a lot of people when you go to the to farm level. Farmers. Even the farmers don't want to be farmers. That's what I'm saying. They like they're like, doing it so their kids don't have to. Yeah, and yeah. they don't even farm. Right. They own. Yeah. They hire the people. The, the like the big time people. <laughs> yeah, the big time people have worked themselves out of that job. Yeah. And they don't have to anymore. Which is fair, but I'm just like, wow. It's, it's, it's I don't know. I it's funny. What you're saying I, is it's a little complicated. I think it's complicated. I don't think anybody I'm acting like I fucking understand it. I don't fully understand it. <laughs> you know, I just I well, feel like there's things that people aren't willing to talk about because it seems like it's bad for their business. Right? Talking about how you're sustainable is good for your business because it makes your guest or customer feel comfortable giving you money. And you want to have people feel comfortable giving you money. Like right. People want to feel like, well, oh, yeah, I give these guys money. And right. They're doing good stuff. That's why you started the business like, to make some yeah, money. There's, and, well, no, but just be, it's, it's not about making the money. It's about the customer's status. Bro, I seriously. I.e., right. if they're They're cooler if or better yeah, or if there's something. two coffee shops across the street from each other. And they both have the same quality of preparation. They both do latte art. They both pull espresso to order. Right. But you know... That one of the companies buys sustainably and gives farmers X amount of money for profit, you go there because that makes you feel better. Sure. You get more status out of it. You're like, oh, you go to the other place? Well, I go here because they employ sustainable practices for their farmers. It's bamboo straws over there. It's, <laughs> That's where I go. They have hay straws. <laughs> yeah, Shout out to 11th <laughs> Hour. Got the hay straw game strong. So I... I just think there's a lot of, which sucks because everyone's everyone's leveraged to talk about the issues. What in, are in the, the con- issues in the context of is this good for my business or not? Right. You know, no one's going to come out and say, except for me, we have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> we have we right. say these things. We're actually not sure what they mean. We have faith. And we try to we do as, as well as we can to right. align ourselves with people who we think are going to do the right thing. Mm. Mm. And there, you know, there are some right. instances where you can draw a straight line between yourself and the person who's actually growing, picking, processing your coffee. Right. But that I That's think is few. more rare yeah. than people think. It takes it takes work and the right kind of yeah connections. Oh God! I think Wendell Bros making his own coffee farm right he's he better own, be he's got his own coffee we should just all get coffee farms time to step it up dude time to make some greenhouses on the top of the old arroyo seco like, mountains tim send us some coffee how does that shit taste and i don't fucking want to drink your coffee if you didn't pick it yourself all right <laughs> if you're not picking it yourself it's just for show okay like <laughs> let's get out of that bullshit it's all i own a coffee farm oh do you yeah anybody who can buy land bro <laughs> it's easy I wonder. I think he's got a video of him picking some. No, I'm sure he's uh, fine. Picking some coffee. Picking some coffee. Yeah, that's what white some... people do all day, right? Just pick coffee. This guy. As long as you got sunscreen, you better wear sunscreen <laughs> and your a hat. Sk- Tim, your skin is fair. Super. Your skin is fair. You know what would be dope? To pick coffee. Tan Tim. Tan Wendell Bow. <laughs> Just Tim with a dark base. You know. 
Like, so what you're saying is get some of that, some like uh, some of the tanning cream and start just like loading it up on him because that's the only way. I think he needs some nice bronzer yeah. to get a little bit more melanin activated. Uh, you know, and then you're gonna do yeah, it's gonna insert melanin and then you're gonna like <laughs> I think he should gently sun himself 20 minutes a day. I think so. Nike and and then just keep it keep the melanin bronzer going. I think it would. We're make talking him... like SPF eight 25. Yeah, minutes. yeah, low barrier. Just a little bit low above barrier. average. <laughs> like get it all in, dude. And then that that tanning. This stuff also has a, a bronzer in it that just like darkens the skin. Yeah, that's right. It's like when you baste a turkey before you put it in the oven and mm, it gets all mm-hmm. you get that look like that golden crunchy. brown. Yeah, golden brown. Texture like sun. Texture like sun. That's what I want to see from Tim. That's like, let's do that. We got to do that. Tall tan Tim. Yeah, I'm down, dude. <laughs> I'm down. This is the movement that I want to see. I'm I'm bored, this man. This is the kind of sustainability is, I want to talk about. I, How does he sustain his tan through the winter? Expecting more from Tim Wendelboe. <laughs> like we know you can make the coffee. We know you're a champion. Can you get dark, dude? <laughs> can you do it? Because I'll tell you what. I mean, right now I've been inside all day. Give me three days in the sun, and you can see. Well, it. your roots are gonna the, help the, you a little bit. You got Chicano like, roots. The genetics <laughs> activate, and I'll go like crispy in a minute it's so dope i love it my portuguese goes i'm like i'm like red tan you're like red tan yeah, yeah. but i can go pretty dark you can go pretty dark yeah. yeah i love tanning me and my samoan best girlfriend in high school used to try to compare tans in the summertime <laughs> <laughs> she'd always be like i'm tannering you and i'm like well i'm gonna try you're all well i'm like well you should be but i'm still gonna try we'll see about that you want a competition i'm gonna give you a competition I think we're going to start the sustainable tanning movement to see how dark you can get without getting cancer. Jeez Louise. That's sustainable tanning. Everyone will look a little bit less pale oh, and no. we'll be good. We'll be super good. Five minutes extra. 25 yeah. minutes at high SP, low SPF, high UVA. Someone's Maybe come. UVB. <laughs> I don't even know the difference. They're different ones. That's all. Okay. Wow. That's a podcast episode, huh? Have fun with that. Uh, put that in your pipe and smoke yeah. it, America. Think about it. <laughs> and everywhere else. Tell me I'm wrong. Also, shout out to Collab and, and Brew Tech for holding our coffee in uh, Australia. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank okay. you for representing. Sweet people. Any other shout outs? I'm sure, but my brain hurts now. Shout out to Patrick Melroy for texting me at 5.50 this morning. I was already awake and he was having a nice coffee and said that he was remembering how I pull espresso like Steve McQueen. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what he said. He's all. Here's the quote. You look like Steve McQueen. He's all. It's 5.50 in the morning and I'm heating the kettle and thinking about how you pull espresso like Steve McQueen. Good morning. Wow. <laughs> and I said, thank you. It's Actually, real, I said more than that, but that's. That's a real American hero right yeah. there. Porsche driver. All right. Mustang. Oh, yeah. He's a Stang driver. Well, he, in, that both. Mo- in that movie Bullet, it was like that famous movie where he's like. Famous Stang. 68 Mustang black check it out bye diana (laughs) goodbye exposed your mini leg tiny tiny leg move it back and joystick it because it's super stiff wag that tail it's getting smaller i'm getting fatter and weaker by the second (laughs) (laughs) maybe i could pat it just to make it look bigger it would be gross but it would be bigger (laughs) maybe it's the only way you could like shake it and jiggle it he would like slap like, it around and like pretty, cold bone bra it's pretty loose it's like it is it's like it's like a gelatin it's like a gelatin <laughs> what <laughs>
Is it hard? It's good. Is it too hard for the fucking radio? It's too hard for most people, probably. So I have to keep it tight and right here. So what you're saying is get some of that, some like uh, some of the tanning cream and start just like loading it up on them because that's the only way. It's gonna insert melanin and then you're gonna like <laughs> gently sun himself 20 minutes a day. I think so. Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low barrier. Just a little bit Low above barrier. average. <laughs> like get it all in, dude. A base level of protection. Yeah, that's right. It's like when you baste the turkey before you put it in the oven and mm -hmm. it's all mm -hmm. get that look like that golden crunchy. brown. Yeah, golden brown. Texture like sun. <laughs> Like fun. That's what I want to see from Tim. That's like, let's do that. Just Tim with a dark base, you know? <laughs> I love tanning. Champion of the sun. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, that was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe it's the only way.